Hello, fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. This is the 40 and 20 podcast with your hosts, Andrew, and my good friend Everett. Here we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Thanks for joining us. Everett, how are you? I'm really good, man. It's been a long day. It has been. But, dude, talk about a perfect Saturday. I woke up this morning late. Not late, because it's the weekend. We slept in, all of us. Dogs, baby, wife, me, slept in. You've got children, so what's the sleeping in look like? Eight. I got out of bed at eight o'clock this morning. Damn, son. I typically get out of bed at 5.30, so this was like sleeping in. (laughs) Right. Like, God, what am I, I've wasted the day. I know, right? (laughs) We got up, we had a fresh pot of coffee, because we have the... The programmable, when when do you brew your coffee pot? It, it was ready for you. Oh, it was ready to go. It had been oh, ready yeah. for a while. Oh, yeah. Because he doesn't sleep in. He t- apparently, he was tired this morning. So we got up. We had breakfast. We went to a Christmas tree lot. What did you have for breakfast? Uh, so he had oatmeal with blueberries. Your son did? Yeah. He wanted pancakes, but we, we were out of syrup. It's <laughs> not happening, kid. I, I was like, dude, I, I get that you want pancakes, because he calls them pancakes. Pancakes. I get that you want that, but there's no syrup. So you need to pick something different. He said he wanted oatmeal with blueberries. You know my kids both call the iPad an iPap? I call it a MyPad. Uh, iPap, which sounds to me like some sort of online uh, annual exam. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, keep going. That does it. I don't that For some reason, that's where my head went to also. iPap. And it must be because of the pap version of I, it. I don't know why uh, they call it that. but yeah, Because they're kids. They're kids. Kids are dumb. Anyway. We went to the Christmas tree lot and picked out a Christmas tree. Grand Noble? I don't know. Green tree. <laughs> Christmas variety. Because it was raining, so we didn't want to cut down a tree. So And you... protect the <clears throat> earth. The tree's been cut down. Yeah, which I guess is fair. It's like I, I might as well go get one yeah. since or like from a tree that lot that's already been cut down rather than go cut down an additional tree. Yeah. So there's that. We got a Christmas tree, came home, went and did an escape room. Which was super cool. I've never done one before. My wife's birthday is in September. Um, and every couple of years, it falls in the last week of elk hunting season for Oregon's bow season. Mm. And that's the best time to hunt in Oregon. And that's when me and my hunting partners like to hunt. So we take that week off. We leave on Friday night, sometimes Thursday night. Go hunt for the week. Unfortunately, this year fell on a mon- no, on a Sunday when they so they'd already been up there for a couple of days so we now on those years we'll celebrate my wife's birthday a little bit later you've got a very patient wife yeah she's terrific <laughs> uh and she will listen i'm for sure listen to this episode at least past this point i can't say for the whole thing but she will listen to this point babe i love you you're terrific happy birthday in december though your birthday's in september <laughs> well it's it, it's better though because then you come home with the you know the meat that you have for the year right nope <laughs> <laughs> no this year a lot of really great memories uh, but the benefit of hunting that last week is you're getting like really heavily into the rut when and and the the type of hunting that we do is is we we call for elk uh, where you go in and you mimic another adult male elk and what you're trying to do is provoke this other thousand this not other thousand pound animal because i'm not a thousand pound animal Mm -hmm. you're trying to provoke this thousand pound animal with 200 or more inches of antler like high hanging off his head to come and fight you so it's exciting it's fun you get elk you're you're challenging borderline suicidal because you're not armed with uh with a firearm 
No, you're armed with a with a bow and arrow. I, I mean, could you shoot something like five feet away from you? What if What if he was coming in hot? If he was coming in hot, yeah, would you just die? Uh, well, it depends. If he's coming in straight at me, I'm I'm probably in a little bit of trouble. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, there there's plenty of dudes. So this year, one of my hunting partners was all of three feet away from a a probably a one and a half year old elk he just kind of worked his way he came in a direction we didn't plan on him coming and he was nose to nose with this young elk and we can't do anything about it because there's no angle to shoot and when you're bow hunting you got to be really really deliberate about your shot placement and the opportunities so uh he got a cool experience out of the deal, and I had a couple cool experiences, elk that were very close, but they just didn't offer me an opportunity to eat them. Right, right, right. Um, so anyway, we did the escape room, which was super cool. I've never done one before. We, in <laughs> fact, escaped. The transitions I... on this show are phenomenal. Oh, we're rough, <laughs> and that's okay. So we did the escape room. It was cool. We got out. Uh, it was this... <clears throat> For those of you who haven't done one before, I'm, I'm sure there's one in your area. They're absolutely worth it. It's a fun, hour-long puzzle where you have to collaborate with the people that... We went in a group. Obviously, it wasn't a bunch of strangers. So there were six of us in this group who all know each other. and we. I didn't get an invite. No, he did not. Next time, just you and me will go. They have one that they said like 10% of people who do it in a pair accomplish it. I think we're both smart enough we could get out. Anyway... We went in this group of six. I did, I did a New York Times crossword once. In pen? <laughs> nope. <laughs> the Sunday edition? Sure didn't. <laughs> I didn't actually do it. I've never been able to finish one. But either way, so we did this. We did the escape room. It was a lot of fun. I highly recommend them. It's just a fun way to spend an hour. Yeah. And uh, then I went to a work party where I learned to play craps because there was this mobile like casino team they're like this entertainment group in the area who do who do um mobile casinos like for parties or whatever yeah for parties so they showed up they brought some craps tables some roulette tables some blackjack uh texas hold'em i mean you're run-of-the-mill casino games so i learned to play craps so now i think i can play craps so you want to go to the casino tomorrow let's go to vegas tonight flights can't be more than 150 200 bucks it's like a nine-hour drive Reno. We could get to Reno in like seven hours. Easy. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Wife doesn't expect me home tonight. So thank you for tuning in yeah. for this next episode of 40 and 20. We'll, we'll see talk you next, next week. week. Check out our giveaway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I went to the work party and now I'm here and we're drinking good beer. And So wait, did you win money? No, 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 no. So the they give you funny money. That's what they called it. It's just, it. I, it, I don't even know who was on the face of the bill. But it looked like a it's Vladimir Putin. It it <laughs> looked like American currency, but with a face I'd never recognize, and it was in thousand dollar increments. Mm. So you put the money in, and the dollars in their increments were valued at so many raffle tickets. So five hundred money was a raffle ticket, and we put our raffle tickets in. And since I don't win things out of luck typically, I won nothing. I was on number off from winning a sixty five inch television, Ooh. which would have been cool, though I don't need it. But they how were, big is your TV at home? 60 60 okay i don't know how big mine is i think it's i know nothing about my tv no, my, i don't either my wife bought it for me as a christmas present while i was in afghanistan so she got to enjoy it for several months before <laughs> i got home have i mentioned your wife is a smart woman she's the best and patient 
and patient and yeah. the best yeah she's pretty awesome um and all right we're, and we're drinking really good beer we're drinking good beer from my favorite brewery in eugene i think my favorite brewery in eugene so this is what what is this the ill-tempered gnome winter ale is the g silent well i i mean we don't have to say it silently i think it probably is objectively but I think it should be silent because the name on his little grumpy stand is Gnorm. Gnorm. And Norm makes more sense. Yeah. Norm. Norm, yeah. Norm, it's the no, It's definitely gnome. a silent G. I, I mean, there's no question about that. I'd like to do some more research into why Gs get silent when they're before an N. Yeah, I don't know. So, Ill-Tempered Norm. This is a winter ale. Ill-Tempered Gnome. We got the Deuce Deuce. Uh, 6.8, so... We're we're a fair way. We're, we're already deep into these twenty twos, so so it could get weird tonight. Who could knows? get weird? Could get weird. It may have already gotten weird, and you guys just don't know. A lot of stuff happens before we start recording, and after, and after. So this is a, a beer out of Oakshire Brewing Company, and and we say this is our favorite brewing company. I, I don't know that it's our favorite brewing company necessarily because of the beers they make. It's the venue, for sure. It's the, the venue. beer has the edge, I think, but the venue. They've got food trucks outside. So the one of the models that the Eugene breweries do is they have their tap house, and then they lease. I think they lease space. To, Must be, yeah. To food trucks, and Oakshire has a food truck called Buck Buck B U C K B U C K, and I think it's onomatopoeia. I think it's like uh, Buck Buck. I think you're right. I think it is. And buck buck. Uh, although no one says it that way, I wish we, I'm gonna say it from here on out. We'll be the only, we'll be the only assholes in town calling it that. The first time I heard about it, I was like, What did you just say? I'm not going there. What, what is that? Uh, so buck buck, you know, I, I, we've talked about chicken a number of times, we're gonna continue to talk about chicken. Fried we're powered chicken, by fried chicken, fried chicken is the fuel of 40 and 20, right. 100%. 100%. I mean, I, it, and if we haven't had fried chicken, if you ever notice there's a bad episode, you're like, that one sucked, guys. It's probably because it's been too long since we've had wings or some other form of fried chicken. A week, at least. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I don't, I, I oftentimes go more than a week, but it makes me feel, I, I go into deep bouts of depression. I had the, <laughs> I had the, uh, not Atlanta wet, um, the, Shit. It's that other town in the south called Nashville. No, no, no. I had the oh. I had the um, lemon pepper chicken that I talked about last week. I had that last week also. Ooh. Someone hit us up about the uh, binging with Babish chicken that, that you That's talked about. That's what I'm about. talking about. Yeah. It's so good. If you guys have if – you, if you've not done it yet and you regularly cook at home, do it. I haven't done it yet. In it, fact, I, I thought about it the other day, but I wanted to do it for dinner. And so it was like 3 o'clock. Oh yeah, you got to That's the problem with it. Is you, you need gotta, a full day. You got to plan a day in advance because you have to give it that baking powder rub. What, Toss, yeah, to, fifteen to twenty four hours ahead, right? Yeah, I did it a full uh, like probably twenty hours, and I can't say what twelve hours does. Maybe that. Maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll try like a twelve hour. Anyway, so buck buck, Nashville hot chicken baby. Oh boy, they well, have more than that. But the Nashville hot chicken is why we go. I think they've got a number of different fried chicken dishes, but it, it is the Nashville. When I think about Buck Buck, I think about Nashville hot. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't had it, Nashville hot is a form of fried chicken, and it's just fried chicken, folks. But it's not because it, it's it's a specific, very specific finishing on it. And I think the best way to do Nashville hot is a dry, wet, dry. Uh, 
pre-cook, you know, where yep. you use dry material, a wet material, and then a dry material back on top of that. So you get this really thick, sort of crunchy. Crunchy. And, and, and mm. we, Andrew and I usually use panko. I don't think you have to. I think you can do it with just the flour dredge. You fry it just like you'd fry fried chicken. We we use, a, a, at my house, we use a Dutch oven. I think some people have a fry daddy. I don't know what you use, but. I just use a deep, okay. uh, like like straight edged uh, saucepan. Yeah, I think that's a good way to do it too. So you fry it, and then the the key to Nashville hot fried chicken is what you do immediately afterwards. You take the fried chicken out, you let it cool for just a second, and then you dredge it in a mixture of half lard, half butter that's been melted on low over a saucepan. Mm-hmm. That butter lard mixture gets into the the everything. really crispy breading gets everything wet it goes straight from that to a mix of peppers crushed dried powdered peppers cayenne chili powder the hottest Chipotle. shit you got in your in your in your cupboard and so that dry those dry hot peppers soak into that butter lard mixture and it becomes insanely melt your brain melt your butt hot yeah burn your butt hot burn your butt hot burn your butt hot yeah, and that's a repercussion that I'm willing to accept. But I can tell Me you, too. first time we went to Buck Buck, we do it all the time. We do, yeah, regularly. <laughs> first time we went to Buck Buck, the guy's like, "Well, it's pretty hot." And I, was, I was like, "Well, don't, what, what do I look like to you? Like, don't don't insult me. <laughs> Give it to me." And uh, it's hot. We had it. It was hot. My 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 hairline, though, it's sneaking back. Got a little sweaty. It didn't melt my face though. No, it no. It, it was a little hot on the back end. It, about it six makes hours me later. sweat. It makes me sweat right on the top of my head. Uh, I don't know why. That's a weird thing. It's the only spicy. I, I eat a lot of spicy food. It's the one thing Nashville hot makes me sweat right on the top of my head. Mine's just the hairline, yeah. and then a little bit on the lip. And you make sure you can't touch your eyes. Don't touch it. Um. So anyway, after they do that, after they dredge it, they give it a little honey drizzle. Oh yeah, they put it on the white bread, <laughs> uh, the oh, yeah. cheapest white bread you can find. Oh, it's Wonder Bread. It it's not even Wonder Bread. Wonder Bread is way too nice. You're getting the like, the like <laughs> Vons brand, two day old. Oh, it's so good. Forty cents a loaf, and that oil s- soaks into it. The honey drizzle soaks. If you into have it. like a bakery outlet in your town, go there and get the cheapest white bread they have there. It might be free. Yeah, or a loaf like five loaves for five cents. Get that. Throw some dill pickles on it. Now, I'll tell you, I found uh, some pickles, and I forget who makes them, but the, the flavor is called Devil's Spit, and holy shit, they are spicy, and they are so damn good. I made pulled pork this week, and I was Devil's Spit peppers. The Devil's Spit pickles. Are they Famous Dave's? Oh, maybe. I don't remember the brand. Okay. And oh my gosh, they're so good, especially on pulled pork, because pulled pork needs some pickles to them. Oh man, they're good. And I cannot imagine how good they'd be on a Nashville hot... Another time we've had that Nashville hot there, you can tell like where they are in their spice mixture for the day because <laughs> like how late in the afternoon, yeah, they like are. how settled yeah. that heat is. Because damn, we had it one time that I couldn't finish it; it was so hot. Yeah, I I immediately had sting ring. Immediately, <laughs> like I went home and and begun the sting ring Where's journey. Where's that from? Sting ring is a thing is a term we use here too, but I don't know what that's from. I don't know, but you can imagine what it means. Yeah. For the, I'm not going to explain it. If you don't get it, you you ought not to get it. And for those of you who are enjoying the new definition to the experience that you've had, you're welcome. Sting ring. Yeah. So Nashville hot. So to bring us back to the beer we're drinking, that is the reason we like Oakshire Brewing Company. I think. I think for me. I'll go there over any brewery in Eugene. Yeah, because yeah. of Buck Buck. You you know their beer is really good too. I, I mean they make their uh, I think they have their Otis 
No, that's Ninkatsu. Uh, or not Otis. They've got their, uh, their Overcast. Overcast. Overcast their, Espresso their Stout, espresso style, yeah. which is super duper good. They, par- they partner with Wandering Goat for that, don't they? Yeah. Uh, oh, maybe. Yeah, I think it's Wandering Goat. I could be wrong on that. So there's a local coffee roaster. They do sort of single origin sourced beans from, you know, we look, guys, we live in Oregon. Uh, so, in Eugene, Oregon. Right. So, I mean, shit gets real here. Lots of hipsters, lots of dreadlocks. Lots of organic coffee, single origin from Peru. They've got one that's Madagascar. A, I, for, I gosh, I wish I could remember the name of the uh, coffee farm, but it's an all woman owned. Either we'll way, my wife buys it every once in a while, and it's it's all Peruvian woman owned uh, coffee farm, women employees, uh, and man, it's super light. It's super earthy. It almost reminds me of the, like the mushroom coffee that you can get from like a. So like Trader Joe's has single pack, uh, like single serve dried uh, instant coffee that has mushrooms also ground and dried into it. Is it coffee or mm-hmm. mushrooms? It's both. So oh, it's coffee with ground, like dried ground mushrooms in it. And that earthy flavor, like you, you wouldn't mm-hmm. identify it as mushrooms, but it is so good. It just tastes dirty and earthy. And I, I dig that flavor. It's the same. Like I love mushrooms. I love that. I love liver, like those really minerally really earthy flavors just they do it for me yeah not me you know they don't do it liver doesn't do it for me uh i've had liver and onions before that were really good but i'm I'm not a big liver fan uh my coffee i really like a super bright acidic coffee i really like ethiopian coffees uh there's a a ethiopian coffee called sadamo which is Mm -hmm. a type of bean it's by i mean it's my favorite if i ever see sadamo i'm getting it it's got this really sort of rich acidic you know bright flavor i dig that so i i dig more sort of acidic flavors sounds like you dig a little earthy dark leather tobacco dirt give it to me so what do we talk about on 40 and 20 coffee chicken life and other things we like we can can exclude watches today you know what we're not talking about watches today at all no not not. at all we're not gonna do it guys you heard it here first hot take what are we gonna talk about I think today we're going to talk about watch straps. Watch straps. And not any watch straps. NATOs, specifically. We might touch yeah. on some leather. We might yeah. touch on some, some other varieties. because that's But what... the pass-through style strap. Yeah. Today, yeah. we could even exclude the jangly SKX Jubilee. I don't know if it's uh, episode of 40 and 20 if we don't talk about the jangly SKX Jubilee. But now we've done it. So we can move on. Moving on. And we can talk about canvas, seatbelt, NATO little bit of leather first why don't we talk about we'll, we'll move up in price why don't we start at our run-of-the-mill five pack for 12 bucks or maybe just a strap for 12 bucks cheap natos that we've got sitting in front of us and we've both done this we've both done the five pack for the four pack or five pack for a handful of dollars we have and i talked about last week how we wanted to how my goal was to just buy all those bitches up. Just buy a bunch of those $12, $14, $15 straps. Try them all so I could say, hey, y'all, if you got to buy one strap and it's got to be 12 bucks, this is the one. And you've made a decision. I've changed. I am converted after having worn this Toxic for exclusively for the last two weeks. I don't think I haven't worn any other watches for the last two weeks. Just my Mako on this Toxic NATO. And I will tell you, if all you can afford is a $12 watch strap, Keep saving, bro. 
Keep saving, sweetie. Save those cans. Turn in the cans. If you're in Oregon, you get a 10 cent deposit. If you're in Hawaii, you get a 10 cent deposit. Most places, it's five. Save the cans. Save the bottles. We'll crack another beer here in a minute. If you need us to send them to you, we will. No, we won't. Save your cans. Save your bottles. Save the extra 12 bucks. Get into NATO's at this 28 32 $30 price point yeah. from any of the NATO strap companies we're going to talk about even though they're not officially NATO straps because that is a registered trademark of international watchmen and they have to include that at the bottom of their webpage. What, what is that? What is that thing? I don't know the entire story, but the bottom line is this fella owns NATO and he owns NATO G10 as a registered trademark globally. So any company selling a NATO branded as a NATO or a NATO G10, which comes from the... Um, <clears throat> The, it was the form number that the British military had to fill out to request these straps. Uh, their the, NSN number. Or yeah, their their stock number for it. It was the G10, 98, 94, something like that. Shortened to the G10, uh, took on the name for it. Um, anyway, this fellow registered the trademark, which makes me want to now register trademarks for all kinds of things and mm-hmm. starts suing people. <laughs> buying all kinds of domain names to get them bought i have a business idea that i know people are ahead of me for but i'm gonna get into it i'm gonna start buying all kinds of politicians so and so for president domain names warehousing them oh man they're not domains aren't expensive nope nope i I mean i i I think they can be a little bit expensive but you're not hosting or anything you're just buying the the words just buying the domain and then when they run for president i can get i wonder what i could get for it i've got mileycyrus.com already hmm I don't. That's probably already. That's probably worth a lot of money. MileyCyrus.com. Yeah, it's a HannahMontana.com. Ooh, I think I think that's probably twenty twenty thirty two Hannah Montana for president. Yeah, Roseanne Barr for president. Ooh, I bet you know what? I I bet you. I bet if we were to go on, Oprah Winfrey for president is already purchased. Owned. No, it is for sure. A hundred percent. We haven't even checked. I guarantee it is. Yeah. Uh, so we need to find the next person, Arnold, for president. He might amend the, get the Constitution amended. <laughs> you think? Nah. I don't think so. Nah. Yeah, I don't think so. Anyway, <clears throat> save up your money. We're going to talk about some of these watch straps. And there's some, you know, honestly, you're going to get some of these inexpensive NATOs that are that are good quality. But f- mm-hmm. frankly, you're getting what you pay for. And and if you go into that that $10 more, you're getting so much higher quality so much more comfortable, so much more mm-hmm. thoughtful product that I, I I have changed my tune about about the hunt for a $12 NATO. Well, so we've both done these sort of bulk packs. I, I started with uh, a cheapest NATO strap. They do a five pack, a starter pack, and I got the five. I, I don't remember the colors. It was like black, green, red, red white, white, and blue. blue. I think there America. was a blue and red, and I think there was a Bond NATO too. Uh, so black olive drab red white and blue blue and red uh, a red white and blue five a blue and red three and then a bond you know that that gray not not the true bond but the gray and black bond which was Uh, only recently discovered to not be the true bond which means that the the bond that everyone imagines is the real bond the one with the green and red who cares that's not the real bond I think it is the robot. It's not though. I, I think I think you might be wrong on this. We're we're back in the discussion of language <laughs> evolution, and yeah, even true. though phenomena and phenomenon mean the reverse in current language as to what they actually mean. <laughs> right. 
that's what they are now. And my wife and I have fought about this. Fought. 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 Here we go. You heard it here first. Fought. We fought. It's happened. We fought about this before. <laughs> Frankly, she's right. Even though I'm technically right, she's the right one. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, have it, we know? Have we mentioned that she's infinitely patient and wonderful? Yeah. No, I think I think that's very that's well established at this point. Okay. Back to watch straps. Watch straps. So we've actually got a cheapest NATO strap in front of us. We've got a couple of these these cheaper sort of lower end uh, NATO straps. And, and and I'll say, for for my part, I, I pulled out this black, pure black, cheapest NATO strap. This is their you, you know whatever their run of the mill basic NATO is. And uh, I wear this thing a lot, and I'm going to continue to wear it. Part of the reason I wear it is because it's black, and I found a black NATO on most watches is uh, a really good look you you know most watches that you might wear a nato on they just look good on it they look sharp on it Uh, but i think that's the color more than anything Uh, you you know and and i tend to think that that just about anything is going to look good on this but it doesn't make it a good strap and this is objectively not a particularly good strap nor is it particularly poor i mean it's a Mm -hmm. reasonably well-made durable strap i mean i don't know how long you've had that but you've had it a number of years two years and it's not showing significant signs of wear None. it's got pretty minimal imprinting from the spring bars mm-hmm. it's got pretty minimal um like flesh deposits on the inside it doesn't smell bad i sniffed <laughs> it early. A, a white haze a suspicious white haze i sniffed it earlier you made a weird face it doesn't smell bad <laughs> which means it's not holding in the odors it's not frayed and i know you said you've you put taken a torch to it a couple times but the, but you're gonna do that with nylon yeah nothing serious i mean just normal sort of fiber the the holes are they don't look excessively worn so to have to have been worn for I mean, frankly, for twelve bucks, for to have worn it for more than more than thirty days, it's, I mean, that's it's it's holding up. Yeah, no, it's it, a good. I mean, it's good. It's it, not a bad purchase. You're getting what you paid for, though, in the way of hardware quality, in the way of comfort, and in the way of material quality. And the hardware sucks. The hardware's thin, sort of stamped sheet metal. Um, the the nylon the nylon in and of itself is thin and papery and. I, I think probably overly flexible in 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 a bad way. You, you know, some of these straps are are flexible in a good way, and maybe I'm not I'm not uh, able to put this in words. But you, you know, if you've handled NATO straps, you probably have an idea of what I'm talking about. That you know, some of these higher end straps, the Haviston or or the the Shiznit, are flexible in in a way that's really appealing and mm-hmm. and nice. This is flexible in a way that's that's just kind of. It's thin and expensive material. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And it works. And I've got a Civo, Civo, C-I-V-O brand uh, that hasn't been worn. Some sort of no-name. I mean, it, just a, just an inexpensive strap, and it's the same thing. It's it's inexpensive nylon. It is, it's not coarse or rough, but it's not especially comfortable. The edges are a little bit, a little bit rough finished, like a little bit sharp. The hardware is cheap and flimsy, and you can tell when you touch it that it's not... It's not going to hold up to any kind of abuse, but I don't put my watches through much abuse. And if mm-hmm. if all you have, if if this is your, if it's your bottom twelve dollars, and you're choosing to spend it on watch straps, I mean, reconsider your life choices first. But secondly, spend the money if that's what you need for your bottom twelve is watch straps. I can't advise against it. It's it's not going to be the best purchase you've ever made, but it's you're also not going to be disappointed as long as you have in your mind that you're going to get what you pay for. 
when all you have to do is wait another you're spending your bottom twelve dollars on watch straps it might be a little bit a little bit of time but if you can find the extra 10 bucks mm-hmm. it's absolutely worth to go into that 20 to 30 to 40 dollar range to be buying one single strap that is going to look good it's going to feel good it's higher quality for someone who's who's wearing watches in the way that we are which is um you, you you know with with some sort of thoughtfulness or or eagerness about the quality of the products that we wear um i think the space for these straps is with regards to aesthetics if you want a purely aesthetic function for your nato strap I think the cheapest NATO straps are Sevo. I don't know if you can find these on 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 the Amazon. Yeah, probably right, uh, and that's where you got this. Yeah, if you want the that one sort of green and yellow ducks game day strap or whatever, and you know you don't care about how nice the strap is, you just want that strap for that. I think that this is a really good option. These it's are the right choice. These are 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 functional. They're going to do everything you want it to do for those two or three days a year you're going to wear it. But outside of that, I don't think it's a particularly pleasant way to wear a watch strap. No, I, I completely agree. And after having worn the Toxic Shiznit for, uh, exclusively for the last two weeks, I, like I said, I'm, I'm completely converted. I'm going, I'm no longer on the hunt for the most comfortable $12 strap. I'm telling everyone, stop, I mean, buy them if you must. But there's for not much more money, you're getting a so much higher quality, so much more comfortable product. Uh, and I think the only one that stands out against that philosophy is that olive drab, heavy duty, uh, Clockwork Synergy. Yeah. Well, so moving up the moving up the line, we have actually three straps from that company. We have one of their basic Nados. We have one of their leather Nados. And then one of their, I think they call them heavy NATOs or heavy duty NATOs. And that thing is great for what it is. Now, Clockwork Synergy is a brand. I think you can find these guys on Amazon. Um, <clears throat> Definitely on Amazon. That's where I got my leather strap for 12 bucks, And it's not bad, No. nor is it great. I got what I paid for. These guys are a step up. You know, a step up from cheapest NATO from Sevo, if that's even a, a brand that's a real thing. You know, these guys are a little bit of a step up. They're a little bit more thoughtful. The products are all a little bit better manufactured, um, but I'll say this: their standard NATO. I've got a gray NATO. I actually wear this quite frequently because it's a tw- it's my one twenty two millimeter Admiralty gray NATO, which is just such a perfect classic color. It's great color. <clears throat> so I wear this all the time, but it sucks. It, it you know I will say this versus that cheapest NATO uh, strap. The, these two straps are remarkably similar. They're the same sort of basic hardware functionality. Uh, the hardware looks the same. One of these is brushed. One of them's polished. But um, th- this is probably twice as much as the cheapest NATO strap. A- and you can feel the difference in the nylon. The nylon is is incrementally better. Uh, not so much better, though, that I think it's worth the extra money. I don't uh, know h- how much this costs. I-, I think that this is probably a... $16 NATO versus cheapest NATO straps, which is a, you know, 12, seven, eight, nine, 10, yeah. you know, I, I would not recommend buying that. And the reason is it is a little bit better. You can see, you can look at the ends. The ends are a little bit better. Um, the holes are a little bit better. 
the the hardware is not really any better as far as I can tell. I think it might be even be the same hardware. It, yeah, it, it it might be. Um, but between those two straps, I I don't find the Clockwork Synergy to be enough better to justify the price. Uh, it does feel a little nicer, you, you know, just slightly. Slightly. Ever so slightly. Could ever even, so slightly. Could have even been just a different batch of nylon ever so slightly. It, it's thicker. It, it's got a little bit better feel. Um, it, it actually, I'll tell you, wearing watches on it, it, it suspends the watch head a little bit better. Does it? But outside of that, it, it's no different. And for the extra four bucks, right, which is a huge difference. Uh, and when you're talking about the quality that you're getting? Not worth it. Not worth it. If you want a cheap strap, go cheap with Snetto straps. But but really, and I think this is the point, spend a little bit more because you're getting so much more. And and, and, and so Clockwork Synergy also makes this uh, leather NATO you have. This is a, sh- you, you know, I, I think you like this. and and It's pretty okay. I hate it. I think the leather sucks. It does, but it's pretty okay. You and could have made me a better strap. RDM Strapco could have produced a better strap. But it's pretty okay for 12 bucks. It's a little bit stiff. It's a little bit crummy leather. It's plasticky. It's not especially comfortable. It, it does look good. I mean, ho- hold it up. Ho- hold it up. It's a five-foot strap for sure. Yeah. It, you it know, absolutely is. From five feet away, that looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. But any closer than that, it's like, eh. And certainly when you feel it, uh, the the feel of the the rough side, it's, like it's sandpapery. It's not great, Yeah, but it's pretty okay. Pretty okay. It, it, it looks good. It, it's a beautiful strap. From five feet away. Yeah. Now, Clockwork Synergy does do... We've got this this third Clockwork Synergy strap we have is their their heavy NATO. And this is... Uh, I think how you describe that material is... How I'd describe it is a Zulu material. So yeah. it's their heavier duty, kind of stiff, thick nylon. This is Canvasy almost. The round keepers, you know, the oval keepers that are... Ovular that are, even. <laughs> Uh, typical of of what I what I think of when I think of a, a Zulu strap, although this is a double pass through, I'm not sure why. This strap is is sick. I dig it. I, I don't remember how much it was. Maybe twenty two, twenty three, twenty four bucks. Worth every penny. Yeah, it's good. It is, it's heavy. It's showing a little bit of wear, but I know it gets a lot of wear. It's showing a little bit of wear in in the in the holes. Well, I think we've both worn this. I think both of us have worn this exact strap in the field. For weeks at a time. Yeah. Both both of us. This this strap. Not just not just a <laughs> not just not the an same, iteration the same of that one, strap. No, this very strap yeah. we've worn out in in the wilderness in demanding and uh, uh inclement environments. And uh and, and it and it actually it wears the wear well. The the strap it does its the strap itself does. The yeah, the wear looks good on it. The, I mean, if it were metal, the patina, but the the wear, the the aging to it, it it's only going to continue to look better. It's fading a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's just a little bit worn. It's it's a great. I I in in this line, I don't know of a of a company that makes a heavy duty field use strap comparable to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there are a few mm-hmm. others, but it, it's it's I think as good as any I've seen. I, I mean, I, if, if you were to put this on a field watch, I mean, any field watch, you know, one of the titanium, something that you know you're not going to bang up, and you, you could wear that doing absolutely anything. I mean, I, my go-to when I'm in an environment where I know I'm going to be really mean to my watch is my uh, my Timex Ironman. Mm-hmm. And if I had a titanium 
field watch and that strap, the Iron Man would get the boot. Well, I tell you, you, you know, I don't know if, if you'd have to modify it, but I think it, that strap actually would look sick on an Iron Man if you could figure out a way to modify the Iron Man to, to take that strap. Uh, you, you, you know, I'll say I have the same strap in orange with pass. black hardware. It's a pass. It doesn't work on anything. But I, I've worn this one sort of khaki, uh, British OD, khaki, I, OD. I think it's yeah. closer to it. but um, I've worn this thing. I've got it on the SKX right now, and it looks it looks really cool um i've worn this on my bertucci that titanium b2 bt2 whatever the they're sort of square boxy it's been uh, on this citizen aviator it it looks good it does not look good on the mako and we know this because we plugged it into it earlier and i think it's just because of how much more polished the mako is than the than the skx uh the skx has the has the slightly matte bezel that just not quite as polished a look the skx looks a little bit more rugged mm-hmm. than the mako does yeah and i think we've talked about that the the mako almost fitting some people's definition as a dress diver which i i don't agree with i think it's just a, a much more polished diver but uh it it doesn't look good on it no it looks like poop on it <laughs> so what, what, moving down the line what else what, what's next i think that's our that's really so, so we don't have a ton of experience with sort of mid-range NATO straps. And and I, I say mid-range. I think mid-range is what I'd think of as what most people just would call NATOs, right, for, for a long time. But the industry has progressed or the, the, the market has progressed into, you know, this seatbelt or premium NATO. It, it seems like you have the $12 NATO. Then you have the like 20 to 40 maybe 50 dollar nato and then you've got everything else ranging from 80 bucks to north of 100 to just obscene pricing for nato 150 or so for these omegas right and never having put my hands on them i don't know maybe they're worth it but i can tell you after having having handled a blue shark a haviston a toxic i mean that's a high just like we were talking about with the jubilees last week that's a high freaking bar to reach against how comfortable these straps are, how well made these straps are, the the fact that they survive abuse well. You, they, you're going to get diminishing returns at some point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're you're buying a name. You can only get such high quality yeah. nylon, yeah. right? You can only get so much quality out of your hardware before you're before you've reached the peak. Well, so moving up the line, then we've got we've got a handful of of what I'd call premium, you know, for us at, at least premium NATOs. We've got, you know, at this point, a handful in our possession, a handful of Haviston. Soon to not be a handful. Yeah, uh, our, our collection will go down. You, you know, did we talk about the the giveaway? Let's talk about it again. We'll, yeah. We can talk about three, four, five more times. Today. So, so it, you know, we talked about it last week. The giveaway is live. If you're listening to this on Thursday, which you should, and if you're not, shame on you. Uh, but if you're listening to this on Thursday, you have about 24 hours to get in on the on the um, giveaway. It'll end at 8 o'clock Pacific Standard Time on Friday, the day after this podcast comes out. All you got to do is follow us on Instagram. You probably already are there. Comment on which of the two you like best. We've got two. We've got their sector strap in the A2 layout. We've also got... The brand new, as of two days ago now, 
the brand new 1936 B, which is their a variation on their 1936 colorway for the giveaway. Follow us on Instagram. Give us a give us a like. Tell us which which of the two you like better. We'll enter you into the giveaway. Uh, next Friday we'll pick somebody to to get. We'll pick two people to get one of each of these. And again, not me or Everett or Tommy or Tommy. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you, you know, but we've got a handful of these Haviston pass-throughs now. Uh, we've got your toxic the shiznit. shiznit. The Which Shiznit. I love. If you also, if you haven't listened to that song, The Shiznit from the fantastic album Doggy Style, probably should go do it. That's one of the greatest songs of all time. Uh, sh- the Shiznit. We've also got a blue stri- uh, blue shark, one of their standard nadoes. Uh, nadoes. Nadoes. One of their standard nadoes. Um, n- not a seatbelt material. These three, you, you know, there's a number of really high level premium natos we've we've got at least these three in our possession and the amount better these are versus anything else on the table is i mean really it's it's subjective but incredible it's so much more than ten dollars well yeah yeah i mean certainly it's worth the ten dollars that you spend to get them yeah yeah trying to we've we've struggled with this a little bit trying to to discuss or or even think about uh, why these are better than than a cheapest NATO or whatever. Certainly, the hardware is objectively better. Oh, uh, yeah, with without question. You, you, you know, it's it's substantial. It's obviously been been forged or machined versus just stamped. Um, and, and but that's a really sort of a minor part of wearing a watch. But but I I think the structure of them, the way they look, the the whole package just wears a lot nicer. And and for for me as a as a consumer, a pretty frugal consumer, it, it's certainly worth it. Absolutely, and they are orders of magnitude better. I wore my Shiznit exclusively for the last two weeks, and it has held up. Like we talked about earlier, you don't see any indentations, any memory in the nylon from the spring bars being in there. I took a gnarly beer bath this week when I was trying to seat a tavern head, the little coupling anchor into a keg to run the beer. I took a gnarly, probably two pints or better, beer bath to the face and body. There's no stickiness. All I did was rinse it off, dried it off with paper towels, and then wore it dry. You smelled it. I smelled it. There's no stanky beer left in it. It's just a higher... I was not excited about smelling it. You, no, because there you was... You made this... me do it. I did, obviously, because I also smelled your your cheapest NATO. I didn't make you do that, though. No, I did it on my own accord, and then I, I it, it <laughs> you obligated picked, you... You picked the like cloudy spot on the back with the, the, all the skin fibers and... <laughs> Breathe deep. And I did. But there's no residual odor to it. It is... It's softer. It's the edges are more more refined. They're better finished, and and obviously eventually I'm gonna have to take a torch to this and clean up some of the frame. But that's the nature of nylon. Totally, totally. I, I mean, the nylon is gonna is gonna fray no matter what. Only thing worth noting with the with the toxic versus either the Haviston or the Blue Shark is the shape of the buckle, and the shape of the buckle you can't really see it in the pictures. It flares out. A little bit more than you'd expect, hmm. and I not not as much as like a Panerai buckle, not quite, but still flares out a little bit. 
Um, it's a noticeable buckle when you look at it, but after having worn it for exclusively for the last two weeks, you don't notice it. No, it I don't think it's objectionable either. It doesn't. It doesn't poke. Doesn't jab. You don't get any wrist bite. It's not sharp as as we heard uh, on one of uh, Terry's interviews talk about returning it because of how sharp right. the the buckle was. Um, that's not a thing. And Terry's been on two broke watch knobs twice. And as we were getting ready for for this episode, I think you you were like, oh, we should listen to that. And we did. Uh, you know, really interesting to hear him talk about his product. He's he's been really thoughtful. I mean, he he. This this fellow Terry, I, I don't know him at all. I've never I've never met him, but he he seems like this sort of purposefully rude or irreverent guy. I, I think that's probably part of who his personality is. But when, when he when he starts talking about his product, you can tell he's really thoughtful about it and super passionate. And this is a pure passion project for him, where he okay. saw a need in the marketplace and felt like he could answer it, and does answer it, and, and, and does. Yeah, I think that's right. And he, you know, he's got his Blue Falcon line that he sells on the website for six money, six bucks. Is that right? I looked today. I almost bought one. You know, which is a strap that he designed, a strap that he worked with a manufacturer to make. And then when he got them, realized these these are not up to snuff. This is not the product I want to be selling. But I've also got a wife who wants me to not have a bunch of unsold product. And so I'm going to sell them. I'm going to call them this sort of rude name, and and just to let people know, hey, this isn't this isn't a product that I'm comfortable selling at at my prices. So I'm going to sell it below cost to hopefully recover some of my my money. But I'm not going to. I'm also not going to tell you this is the the level of product I want to sell. And contextually, the Blue Falcon. Uh, Terry's a veteran. A Blue Falcon is a is a. It's, it's something mean that you call somebody who's a who's a douchebag who is either a buddy fucker. It, yeah. it's someone who screws everybody else over. Yeah, who goes out of their way to maybe he doesn't go out of their way. Maybe it's just so ignorant or just such an asshole that they do nothing but ruin everybody else's day, <laughs> weekend, night. They just ruin other people's lives. I'm thinking of Blue Falcons right now. Like oh, guys got, we both know. I got a couple dozen names <laughs> that I could just I could just give you right off the top of my head. <laughs> we know a lot of them and clearly terry does too being uh being a veteran himself and um i think it was appropriately named it was something that just didn't live up to his expectations of his product and i think really speaks volumes to the toxic nato brand mm-hmm. that he is not that he's going to sell product that he brings in, that he's going to sell his wares at a deeply discounted price because they don't meet his level of quality control. And I can tell you that the Shiznit is great. It's terrific. It's comfortable. It's that seatbelt material, which he, he himself expressed some concerns about, about not being as reliable as the nylon that's on a NATO um, up to this point. Not having had it very long, maybe my opinion will change in a few months. I don't expect it to just because of that upfront quality that I'm seeing and that I felt that I've experienced that I that I've really put through the ringer this week. I had a shitty week, man. I I got a, I got wet a lot. I banged up a lot. I got tangled up in a lot of things. It's I I put it through the I put it through the gauntlet this week and it's it's held up. You know, we felt both of us I know having having had experience with these Havison straps felt the same way. You, you know, these things just um the, the level of construction on these is, is superior. I'll, I'll say the the toxic NATO, the Shiznit in particular, is a very typical 
NATO strap construction. Mm-hmm. I I think, you know, as between the two of the, you know, these two premium straps we have in front of us, the Haviston versus the Toxic, I lean towards the Haviston. And it's not because of the, the feel of the material. I probably slightly prefer the feel of the material of the Shiznit. I agree, but that single pass through. This A2 layout that Haviston is doing for their um, for their pass-throughs is superior to anything else I've ever tried in a pass-through in a pass-through strap. It's it, it's a couple things. I mean, one, the actual material under the watch head is just a single piece of fabric. We need to try out some of the slim versions of the of Toxic and Blue Shark to get a full opinion of it. But that single sure. pass-through is phenomenal i love it it's a break from the traditional nato which was meant as a redundancy to not lose your watch on a canvas strap or on a nylon strap but i'm not sure i'm not sure that i see that there's actually any benefit to that versus versus the haviston and 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 there's a couple things that this haviston layout has going for it and the first is just the single piece of fabric under the watch head which keeps the watch head lower to the wrist the the second is the buckle winds up being a little bit further away uh, from from the watch head. You, you know, l- looking at these two, the, the shiznit, the buckle's probably... That's a full inch. Two inches. And the Haviston, it winds up being a full extra inch further away. The keeper on the Haviston, that second, that upper keeper, travels. It, it's a sliding mm-hmm. keeper. Uh, and I don't think they're the only ones that do this, but I think they might be the only ones that do it in this way. And what what it winds up meaning, you know, having that buckle a little further away, the watch head's closer to centered in the middle of the strap. When you fold the buckle through, you don't have to to roll it over. You don't have that that NATO bun that is controversial. People don't like it. Which is worth mentioning for the toxic is when I first when I got this this strap, I immediately noticed how long it was. I mean, I use the Two, oh yeah three four the fifth hole from the, the from the start and these, these are meant for some sturdy wristed dudes <laughs> uh and i the the fold is is a full inch of material and i was a little concerned about how bulky it was going to be but this material is so flexible and it's, so thin. it's not obtrusive at all, it's yeah. not obtrusive but i mean it's it's noteworthy that this is a long ass strap it, it's so the the material is so smooth and so slick that it slides through and it's not a problem but with the Haviston, you don't have a bun at all that nope. sliding keeper uh just you can scoot it up so it, it it keeps the end of that tag and i will say my concern with the sliding keeper was that it was going to move when i was wearing it and so that the the tag end was going to fall out of it or the keeper was going to move either up or down so you'd have something weird hanging i haven't experienced that at all and i've worn this i've worn this uh 1936 a2 quite a bit i haven't had that happen a single time the way they developed it the the tension of that strap being pulled tight against your wrist is what's holding that keeper in place so if you're wearing like an 80s banker loose strap like obviously your keeper's going to fall around sure but when it's pulled tight against your wrist it's your it's your the tension that you've naturally created by pulling that watch strap tight that's holding it in place and i think that's brilliant so if you hate the nato bun um the man bun try one of these haviston a2s because you, you don't have that i mean it's a really it, it's a really simple thing that winds up being solving a lot of the problems so you know as between and and we haven't talked a lot about it but but the haviston uh or not the haviston the blue shark nato we don't have a one of their premium lines we have one of their standard natos here nothing at all special about this 
about this strap except that it's special right it, I mean, it is it's it's leaps and bounds ahead of its 12 dollars counterparts and coming in at what 28 bucks 32 bucks maybe yeah i'm not sure i don't even think it was that much i, I think i got this thing retail msrp at 22 or 24 and and that's been a number of months ago now but uh yes it, it, it's a superior product one thing nerd no nerd worthy noteworthy in the uh in the blue shark is the square holes that mm-hmm. that complement the 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 buckle what's that piece of the buckle called the tang the the tang of the buckle is that right makes sense relative to what other tangs in the world are did you ever drink that as a kid tang of course i drank tang yeah. as a kid yeah, me too. and as an adult i drank tang mixed in with vodka <laughs> <laughs> tang screwdriver yeah i've not had that it's you get what you pay for. <laughs> uh, but those square holes are going to mitigate some of the wear that you see in round holes with a with a square edge tang. And I think that's a that's a really smart design feature. Then um, I something that I really like, and it, it it changes the look a little bit. And you're only you. It's a, it's the same way with glass case backs, with exhibition case backs. You're the only person who's going to notice. But who gives a shit? It's you. You're wearing a watch for you. Yeah. You know the one we haven't talked about, and we've talked about this in the past, but the the Haviston canvas. Oh, you still have that? I thought Tommy took that. <laughs> you know, I didn't let him out. He tried to, but <laughs> he's he's little. He's got skinny wrists. He's those little little just bird just bones, petite wrists. I thought I had skinny wrists, and then he he ran that SKX Jubilee up to the up to <laughs> almost his elbow. His elbow. <laughs> <laughs> he's you know he's not a small guy. He's taller than me. He weighs less than me, but he can't weigh but 160 pounds. He's a little guy. Just a little buddy. (laughs) Cute, sexy, double mustache. It's getting weird. Mm. Uh, This Haviston canvas, you you know, same exact layout as their nylon straps, that that A2 layout. Um, I've been really, I've been really charmed by the, the canvas on this thing. Uh, Having worn a number of canvas sort of two-piece straps over the years, I not a single one that I that I liked. Uh, this thing, you, you know, canvas has got a more matte finish than nylon, mm-hmm. and so it just looks different. It looks different on the wrist. Uh, I, I tell you, I, I've got this thing on a watch that I wouldn't think suited it. No, uh, I, I've got this still on the Sarbo three five, and the contrast I think between that really sort of um polished not not in the in the in the sense of shininess but just sort of really refined refined look of the sarb uh the the sarb head on this matte really utilitarian canvas uh i I do have polished hardware on this thing uh which, which was a choice i talked to alex about you know what was more popular the polish or the brush and he said you know by far brush is more popular the the polished hardware on this canvas on this sarb head the whole thing is it looks like it was meant to be this way it really does super surprising to me you know it's not a really uh it's not a really intuitive combination but which is the beauty of straps of of nato straps specifically of pass-through straps you can you can completely change the character the personality the feel of a watch in about 12 seconds at best if it takes you 12 seconds to change a watch strap you suck maybe you've been drinking beer all night yeah <laughs> we should do a competition get get hammered and see who can get the most natos through i'm in yeah is that all we got for natos i think so how about the other things that we like 
Well, so first, I've got a couple corrections before we get into other things. Um, one, from last week, we talked about a good friend of the show, AJ Barsay, and his new magazine, Analog Explorer. I mispronounced his name. It's particularly embarrassing because I've heard him say his name on his own podcast, the Bellingham Podcast. Uh, I've, I've heard him say his name a number of times at this point. So, uh, AJ Bar, AJ Barsay, AJ, I'm sorry. We're sorry. I made the mistake. We'll, we'll get it right from here on out. I I'm did... also sorry, even though I didn't do it. Yeah. Well, you probably said it. No? I'll have to listen again, but I don't think yeah. I did. I'd like it if we could share the blame. I mean, I'm taking 50% of the blame here. I 30% of the blame because Tommy was here, too. Yeah, 33. I did get his magazine. Analog Explorer came out this week. It's signed. It's beautiful. Uh, we've Andrew and I both took a look at it this afternoon. It, I mean, really, it, it just showed up this afternoon. Uh, and it's beautiful. This, it, 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 we, you know, we've never met AJ in, in person. We've talked talked to him online, but it, looking through his magazine, he's got a young, he's got a toddler. Uh, he talks about his toddler. He's into Seiko modding. He shoots with, you know, these analog cameras. Uh, he's just our kind of people. And he's from the upper left. He's our kind of people, man. Uh, yeah, he, I, I mean, we, I think at some point we're gonna have to make a trip up to Aunt, uh, Bellingham and tragedy. <laughs> Uh, we did get Analog Explorer, and we did mispronounce his name, uh, but so shout out to AJ. Sorry for screwing it up, dude. And your magazine's terrific. Terrific. Correction number two, we mistakenly referred to the Cream Dial SNK watch as the SNK 805. The Cream Dial is the SNK 803. The 805 is the Green Dial. Uh, we don't own a Green Dial SNK. We can blame this on Tommy, right? I think so. Yeah, this is definitely Tommy's fault. He's an fault. asshole. <laughs> uh, yeah, so so right. There, there's a number of these SNK iterations. We have an SNK 809, which is a black one. I have a black one. Andrew's got the SNK 803, which is the off-white cream dial. Uh, SNK 805, which we mistakenly shouted out on the show, is the green dial. We don't have one. Nope. Looks cool, though. Looks cool. It'd be really great on that Haviston canvas. Yeah, no, I I think that I think it would fit right in on that. So other stuff, I sent you an article early in the week. Did you read it? Yes, I read it. And so, it was, and my hesitation was that when when I think of reading an article, I think of just sitting down, quick reading it. But this was a this was a you've called it long form, and it was it was no joke of an article. It's a fifteen minute read, um, talking about the a. The insect apocalypse. I think what's the title? The insect apocalypse is here. Insect apocalypse is here. It's a New York Times article. I think it came out about a week ago now. Uh, and and it's it certainly is what what I'd refer to as long form. Uh, it, it'll take you a couple minutes. This is probably a two poop article. Yeah, two trips. Yeah, yeah. or just one long trip. <laughs> certainly not a Nashville hot trip. <laughs> no, no, right. Uh, so. <laughs> Uh, you, you know, the I actually was drawn into this article because of the cover art, which is beautiful. Um, it really is. It's this sort of like uh, mid-century style uh, drawing of, of insects. But the, the article itself is fascinating. It's uh, sort of an examination on uh, the, the global reduction in insect levels. And, and it reaches quite a bit further than that, I think, in its context. Uh, it starts off with a a dad who's 
noticing as he's riding on a I, i'm imagining a bike path but maybe it's a mountain path i'm not sure uh with his child and realizing he's getting less bug activity in his face than he did at some time in the past mm-hmm. um and is curious about you know where, where did the bugs that i used to get in my eyes or teeth or whatever go and and that sort of sets it up the the gist of it is you, you know we as a culture have not done a very good job about being aware of insects no. um our scientists haven't tracked insects one of the the cool one of the best lines of the article is insects are are lesion i'm paraphrasing insects are lesion and inconspicuous mm-hmm. you, you know there's a ton of them and we don't really think about them and and it turns out that our scientific community hasn't thought about them our um our, our our the the way we track animals has not included insects and we maybe should have because it turns out we might have a big problem yeah and as a self-proclaimed conservationist as somebody who really cares about biomass and specifically large mammals more specifically in north america i am very aware of uh as as somebody who I who I really like to listen to, I like to read his work. A, a fellow named Steve Ranella. I don't know if he coined the term or phrase, but it's charismatic megafauna. Mm-hmm. Um, these these large mammals that everyone recognizes and everyone has an opinion on. Everyone cares about wolves. Everyone cares about grizzly bears. Everyone cares about elk, deer, coyotes. What, whatever you have, these really recognizable. Um, large mammals in north america that we're really in tune with we're really in tune with and we care a lot about them and there's a lot of dollars being put to it whether it be through conservation dollars federally or through 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 state dollars uh whether it be through Pittman robertson or dingle johnson (laughs) (laughs) i I know that's it those two guys they should not have been the dudes to pair up on it you said dingle johnson i know and they're it's it's a terrific initiative where it's self-imposed excise taxes on sportsmen outdoorsmen self-imposed taxation uh through firearms ammunition uh and this is this is not meant to be a political podcast no and this is this is political as we're ever going to get right i I mean hopefully this is as political as we're ever going to get but we are both andrew and i are both very very uh motivated conservationists absolutely and and and, you know i I think that in and of itself is a progressive stance to take uh but i i think that no matter which side of the fence you're on you know if you like this administration the last administration it doesn't matter conservation earth conservation is important and and if that is not okay i guess that's all right bye we don't want you um but you know, in terms of being political, this is about it for us. Um, but we're, this is important to us. It is, and and for because we are both people who routinely exercise and take advantage of our opportunity to recreate on public lands, which is almost entirely funded by people who already do that by and dingle it, johnson by dingle johnson or by <laughs> Pittman robertson and they're 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 absolutely things if you're not familiar with them look them up because they are they they will likely change your opinion on uh outdoor recreating sportsmen whether it be hunting or fishing uh or or recreational shooting or the purchasing and acquisition of firearms ammunition 
they're self-imposed excise taxes that go right back into the federal bank that get distributed to states. And if they don't get used by the states, they go into uh, migratory waterfowl wetland type preservation projects. And they are absolutely critical to our to our ecosystems in the United States. And I read an article a couple months ago. I wish I, I wish I'd have pulled it up today. I didn't know we were going to talk about this. Uh, but basically the, the whole premise of the article was examining the biomass ratios on the planet and, and basically post industrial revolution, human biomass and livestock biomass are increasing while all other biomasses are decreasing even though human biomass and so there's more people more cows more pigs more chickens and less of everything else. and even though we're just a drop in the bucket in terms of biomass we are the only biomasses that are thriving and if thriving is even the right word and i think that that's what the, i mean really <clears throat> this article is well it's a couple things one it, it i think it's probably a little alarmist but but sometimes alarmist is is what it yeah. takes to get people's attention you, you know the title is the insect apocalypse is here what what is it is that right yes the insect apocalypse is here that that is just it uh, an alarmist title and and you know they didn't bury the lead obviously but with that really the article is about hey we've got less insects which also means we have less of everything else and and you know alarmist or not there's some of the stuff that is has been hidden right why weren't we able to see that there was fewer insects well the reason we weren't able to see there was fewer insects is because nobody wants to see insects uh you you know if all all i know is there's a trail of ants in my kitchen and i'm not pumped about it and that's the thing that's important to me well turns out there's you know maybe 60 times fewer ants in my backyard uh they're just all in my kitchen and and so these things you know i i I thought the 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 most interesting part of the article was you you know looking back they realized we didn't know this was happening because nobody's looked at insects Mm -hmm. we haven't looked our scientific community hasn't looked at insects and even just sort of the greater community in general hasn't hasn't noticed insects insects it took a amateur group of entomologists and and to caveat that the article is sort of sensitive to these quote-unquote amateurs because because really these are sort of our international experts but it took this amateur group of entomologists in i think a town called krefeld in germany which i'm probably pronouncing wrong whatever uh bruschetta bruschetta uh this group of folks who care they care not not only do they care but they're experts they are the experts. And it took this group of folks that have been cataloging insects over the course of 100 plus years. And, and maybe they were one of the only groups in the world, not the only group, but one of the only groups who was cataloging them that way to say, hey, we've got a problem here to get the scientific community involved. And, and I think that there, the, the article alludes to maybe some scientific problems with the way they did their work. Um, because they're amateurs, mm-hmm. but it sounds to me like the the scientific community in general has bought into what what they're doing. People are looking at them and corroborating the results that they got. 
it's a fascinating article. It's a great read. If you've got 15 minutes, 20 minutes, I think check it out. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and the bottom line is that conservation is is apolitical. It's apolitical. It should be, right? <clears throat> Especially if you're listening in the United States where we're all public landowners and own millions of acres in, in every single state in these United States. Uh, shoot, for crying out loud, buy a duck stamp. It goes towards... Uh, migratory bird wetland conservation I mean, it's it's an inexpensive investment and if if you want to tout being a conservationist or being an animal rights activist put money into doing it save the earth motherfuckers exactly so that we can all hunt and fish and hike yeah yeah you got anything the... else no yeah i don't i don't i mean we could just drink some more beer and spout conservationists why not we could do a whole episode dedicated to it (laughs) thank you for joining us for this episode of 40 and 20 uh don't forget to tune back in next thursday for another hour of watches food drinks life and other things we like bye-bye on tremolo by kevin mcleod of incompetech.com licensed under creative commons by attribution 3.0 license